I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zin 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Well, according to reports, there is a, quote, cover-up. The South Dakota Attorney General has been branded a, quote, coward who is, quote, saving his own ASS. What do you think? A man is dead. A man was mowed down on a public highway. I want answers. I don't care if he's the AG. I don't care if he's the King of England. We want answers. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Beaver's cousin Nick Nemec also identified the body. It just seems like the whole, the whole process was just put on the back burner, and 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 they could have got Victor up there a heck of a lot sooner to take a statement or identify a body or or something. Beaver's wife also has concerns. How can you not see someone walking down the road? And for no sirens to go off around here is highly unusual because anytime there's an accident or anything, why did my husband lie in a ditch for 22 hours? Why were no alarms sounded off over here when the accident happened? I mean, we have no answers yet. And right now I'm just raw and numb. I just lost the man of my life. I guess she is raw and numb. Not only did he lie there in a ditch for 22 hours after being mowed down by the South Dakota Attorney General, the top cop of the state, just think about it. What if he was alive for 21 of those hours and could have been saved, his life saved for Pete's sake? But it wasn't reported. And the victim in this case, Joe Beaver, in the prime of his life, is dead. Again, thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. We're not letting go of this case. 
with me, an all-star panel. Sierra Gillespie, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Dr. Catherine Maloney, Deputy Chief Medical Examiner, Erie County, that's in Buffalo. Greg Smith, Special Deputy Sheriff, Johnson County Sheriff's Office in Kansas, and the Executive Director of the Kelsey Smith Foundation at Kelsey'sArmy.com. Dr. Debbie Jaffe Ellis, psychologist, adjunct professor, Columbia. You can find her at DebbieJaffeEllis.com. James Shellnut, 27 years, Metro major case, including SWAT, now lawyer at ShellnutLawFirm.com. Two special guests joining me now, Victor Nimick, the victim's brother who was called to identify his brother's body. Nick Nimick, cousin of the victim and former state senator. Now, Nick Nimick, you're a big exception for me because I usually don't have politicians, former or current, on CrimeOnline.com or on Fox Nation. But in your case, I'm making a big, big exception because I think politics are deeply, deeply embedded in what's happening right now. So I'd like to welcome you to crime stories. I want to go first to Victor Nimick. This is Joe Beavers. Joe, if I might call him that. Yes. Brother. You Actually, know, I'm, his co- I'm his cousin. Thank you. Thank you. I'm mistaken. Nick, Nick and I are brothers. We're both Joe's cousins. Thank you. Yes. You know, it's interesting to me, Victor. I remember after my fiance was murdered, I did not want to see his body. I did not want to see his body at the funeral. I did not want to identify his body. Yeah. At the time... I mean, as a young girl, I, I didn't want to do that. In retrospect, I'm glad I didn't, because that would be my memory. Tell me how it is. Uh, this is a cousin of Joe Beaver, Victor Nimick. You were called in to identify your cousin. How did that happen? Well, the throughout that day, that was a Sunday, I had been worried about my cousin because I knew there was a... Uh, a crash scene out on the highway by our little small town. And I had made plans the night before to uh, stop at my cousin's house on Sunday, and we were going to take care of some work on his pickup. And he wasn't around, and I just had a, a bad feeling that the reason he wasn't at his house was because of the crash or accident scene that was out on the highway and i had called our local sheriff and you know asking him some questions and basically waited around all day and i was wait a minute you call the sheriff and they didn't tell you anything no they just told me to wait you know i want to go to you greg smith special deputy sheriff johnson county sheriff when you couldn't find kelsey your daughter. You, you knew immediately something was very wrong, didn't you? Yes. I wonder what it is, Greg. Um, maybe it's not as much of a hunch as I think it is. Maybe it's a, an instinct born of a, a million dis- different pieces of data that we are assimilating within our minds and our, our bodies. But I, you're hearing Victor Nimick state, when his cousin wasn't there on Sunday... And where he should, where he should be, where he always is, they were going to work on the truck. Very wrong. That sounds like something you once told me. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, 
you know your loved ones and uh, and those gut feelings you have usually are correct. And also there's the matter of routine. James Shelnut, uh, I don't mean like standard SOP. I mean people have a routine. I get up at 5 every morning, I make a cup of hot tea, and I start working. And then at this time, I wake up the twins. At this time, I take them to school. At this time, I'm in the studio. That is habit. That is routine. And for Joe Beaver not to be at home when he's supposed to meet his cousin, that was very unlike him. That type of evidence, in my mind, is very powerful, Shellnut. Oh, it's critical. Uh, you know, one of the first things that an investigator wants to do in any case is get to know the victim. And a lot of that involves what was their routine. You're 100% correct. Also with me is Nick Nimick, cousin of Joe Beaver, former state senator. Tell me about this AG, um, Jason Roundsburg. Tell me now, let's see, this is in South Dakota. I believe your uh, capital would be Pierre, correct? It's Bismarck, it's North Dakota, is that correct? Yep, Bismarck is North Dakota, South Dakota is Pierre. Uh, Roundsburg is, uh, was elected in, in uh, 2018. He, he had actually, he, he, the, the way the Republican Party picks their AG nominee is at a state convention, and he had, he had been an unsuccessful fourth place candidate in the U.S. Senate primary a couple of years before, but he uh, he he spent the next two years going to every every Republican county meeting in the state, schmoozing uh, delegates to the state eventual state convention. And when he got there, he they all knew him and they they nominated him for their attorney general candidate. He had very little, uh, very little experience as an attorney general. He had never tried a case in a courtroom. What? That, yes, he had never tried whoa. a case. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me get my head around that because you know how much it burns me up, Nick and Victor, to have a judge up on the bench that's never tried a case, and it has happened. It happens a lot. And then they're telling me what's admissible and not admissible, and I got a top cop over a whole state that's never tried a case. Guys, as you can see, we're off on a tangent. That's my fault. I'm steering the car, and we're way out in the weeds. Let me get it back in the middle of the road. But just so you know, this is exactly how prosecutors, investigators, and I assume defense attorneys work on their cases. They get with a core group of people, and they talk about it, or their investigator in my case, and would say, well, what about this? And what about that? And who is this? It doesn't really go in any logical manner as you're feeling out what had happened. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hi, 
Big thank you to our partner in making today's program possible is Grand Canyon University. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes we're endowed with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. Offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides you a path to help fulfill your dreams. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We are talking about the death of a man in the prime of his life. Found after 22 hours in a ditch on a public road. How did that happen? You know what? Back in the middle of the road to you, Sierra Gillespie, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. What happened? Okay, so if we back up to Saturday, September 12th of this year, it all happened at about 10.30 p.m., and that's when Attorney General Roundford was headed back to Pierre on U.S. Highway 14, east of Highmore, South Dakota. And this is really rural area. Like this, occasionally you'll pass like a farm or a house or, you know, things like that. But it's not like you're in town with like street lights or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty dark area, 1030 at night. That's, I mean, that's nighttime, you know, it's dark out. And he reports hitting a deer. He says that he hit a deer on that U.S. Highway 14, got out of his car, used what he had his cell phone when you turn on the flashlight on your cell phone to kind of look around. He said he wasn't able to find anything, but did report to the sheriff's office that he hit a deer. And that's kind of where this all started. Okay. I'm not saying you're wrong, Sierra Gillespie. You're reporting the facts as we have been told. Jackie, can you pull up the picture of the vehicle uh, that you you and I have been looking at? Because, you know, maybe I'm looking at the wrong car. Don't think I am. But, Victor? Yeah. Isn't the AG Roundsburg's front windshield cracked? It's got a hole in it. Blow that up for me, please, Jack. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's big, and it's on the driver's side. Excuse me, the passenger side. There's a big hole. In other words, what I'm getting at, your cousin, Joe Beaver, hit the windshield. Yes. How can you not see that's a person? Exactly. I'll never forget. Once I hit a dog on the way home from work at Sears Roebuck, my first job. And I was going really slowly. I'd stop coming off the interstate, then turn left. I was going about 25 miles an hour, maybe, because I was just coming from a dead stop. And the dog, the owner, um, worked at, owned a gas station, and his dog ran out. I pulled over. I ran for help to that gas station, and they came and got their dog. And 
they told me he lived. I saw what it was. I remember once when a squirrel darted out in front of me. I knew it was a squirrel. Okay, guys, he hit the windshield. How is Roundsburg, Victor, saying he thought it was a deer? I don't know. And, and also, I'd like to point out that while this is in a rural area, we're out on wide open prairies also. And an extremely visible highway. We're talking a straight line highway, 11 foot wide shoulders and huge wide dishes. Ditches. It's, it's not like something just darts out from the woods because there are no woods. You know, I just came from your neck of the woods. I took the twins on an RV trip all the way across the country, and we went to both Dakotas, went to Mount Rushmore, and, uh, and drove it, through It's your, wide open. Yes, it is. And you can see from my, it feels like I could see for miles and miles yeah. of prairie. And yeah. um, I, I, prairie, there were not a lot of forests. You could just see forever. And at night yeah. in the moonlight, we could see forever. And it felt like you were the only one on the road. And I remember looking out. This was this past summer before your cousin passed away. And it felt like you could see because it's flat. And yeah, you, it feels exactly. like you can see forever. Like It looks like you can see for miles and miles. And that's why I don't understand that he thought it was a deer. Well, he says he thought it was a deer. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I've got a whole lot of alarm bells going off in my head as well because you would think that someone in the position of Attorney General has some sort of not only intelligence but moral compass and even if he thought it was a deer, might many genuinely caring people just want to follow up to make sure. And also one other thing, the fact that um, he accepted the position whilst having no experience, you know, obviously he had an ambition, self-agenda, wants that position, but if he had a decent moral compass, would he really take it on if he hadn't yet tried a case? You know, those are all great points. I guess, you know, uh, for instance, judges I practiced in front of, they take a a job on the bench. They take the appointment, even though they've never tried a case. And then they count on their law clerk to tell them everything. That's true, Jackie. I hate to tell you that. And that would just burn me up to have a judge tell. Are you jumping in, Nick or Victor? Oh, this, this is Victor. I was just going to say this is a state where the good old boy network runs very deep. Guys, we're talking about Joe Beaver in the prime of his life. Victor Nimick gets called to identify a body. To you, Nick Nimick, cousin of Joe Beaver. So how is it that he laid there in a ditch for 22 hours before his body was found? Oh, the, they Actually, they found his body sometime the next morning. The attorney general claims he, he left here at 8 o'clock in the morning and drove back to Highmore, which is about an hour's drive, so that makes it 9 o'clock or a little after, and and he claims he found the body then that morning. Uh, so the, the body probably laid in the ditch for 11 hours, and then it laid in the ditch for the rest of the day while they were doing this investigation uh, with traffic uh, detoured around the, the location. And, and they didn't call in uh, either Victor or me to to identify this body until uh, eight o'clock 
the that e- the Sunday evening. So so that was the 22 hours after after the the crash that 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 uh, he, the body was finally positively identified. Found it interesting also, Nick, that his wife, Joe's wife, said no siren. Because I remember growing up in a rural area, much like what you're describing, and when we would hear a siren in the distance, which was very rare, we would all stop and say a prayer for wherever they were going and whoever was going to be in that ambulance. Why no siren? Yeah, good question. Uh, uh, typically, when there's a when there's a crash or, or an accident like that, the sirens so- sound at the local fire hall to summon the the volunteer firefighters and EMTs to come and, and, and respond to the to the call, and there was nothing like that at all that Sunday morning. To Dr. Catherine Maloney, special guest joining me, the Deputy Chief Medical Examiner, Erie County ME, that's Buffalo, New York. Dr. Catherine Maloney, I've been studying the case. I'm just a JD. You're the MD. And from what I've learned, I've been told that based on these injuries, Mr. Beaver may have been able to been saved. Um, well, that would really depend on the, you know, the nature and severity of the injuries. Um, you know, with a high-speed collision, um, there's a higher likelihood of um, having a very uh, severe injury or a fatal injury. But, you know, every case is an individual case, so it really depends on the person. Um, hopefully, a, um, a good forensic pathologist was able to examine um, Mr. Beaver's body and would be able to perhaps shed some light on how long he potentially could have survived and how long he might have survived. What do we know about the injuries themselves, Victor? Uh, nothing. Uh, they There hasn't been any information released. All I know is that when we viewed the body, it was quite banged up and uh, a lot of damage. And we only view like I guess at the time we we could have asked to see the whole body but uh I guess I didn't think of it at at that time I in 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 my personal opinion he was probably dead shortly after the impact mm-hmm. but that's just my mm-hmm. personal opinion the the head was kind of misshapen and we only saw one side of the head and I'm Assuming that the, that the, that they kind of positioned the body in the body bag to display the right. side of the head that was less damaged. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my god. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Big thank you to our partner in making today's program possible is Grand Canyon University. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes we're endowed with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the American dream starts with 
purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. Offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides you a path to help fulfill your dreams. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we were talking about a man in the prime of his life, his wife waiting for him at home. He never makes it. Why? Because the top cop of the state has run him down in the night and kept going. His body lying in the ditch 22 hours. Could he have lived if EMTs had gotten there? We'll never know, will we? To you, Victor, I believe it was you that went to the scene and you were trying to take photos and were told to stop. Is that correct? That was Nicholas the, the yeah, fog, a few days later. What happened, Nick? Yeah, I, I, I was at the scene of the of the crash on a highway just outside of Highmore and, and was kind of looking at the blood stains and the skid marks and trying to wrap my hands around what, or trying to wrap my head around what happened to my cousin. And here, uh, a flatbed truck with a red Ford Taurus with a blown-out windshield drove by and and went into the South Dakota Department of Transportation uh, Highway Maintenance Shop, which is right within feet of where this accident happened, and uh, and went into uh, a garage there, and the garage door came down, and I hopped in my vehicle and followed it into the into the lot there. And was uh, get started getting out of my of my vehicle to take photographs of the of that red Ford Taurus with the blown out windshield, and was by uh, three highway patrolmen and some assorted other highway patrol individuals that weren't in official highway patrol uniforms, and told to remain in my vehicle. And I've seen enough videos of what happens when people don't do exactly what the cops say. So I, I stayed in my vehicle and sat there for probably 45 minutes and asked them if I could go in and take a picture. And, and they, they refused my request. And, and I, I sat and waited and, and then eventually asked for permission to leave. And, and they granted my permission to, to leave their parking lot. Did you ever get the picture? I did not. The, the photograph was one that it's taken by some anonymous photographer from Highmore. Uh, later on that day, they pulled that vehicle out of that maintenance shed, and uh, and it was sitting in the parking lot at that highway maintenance yard, and and somebody got a photograph of it, and and I. I'd like to talk to that person, but I have been unable to find out who who submitted that. To Sounds the like they don't state. want to be found to me. 
Because I've very rarely seen a photo where it doesn't have the name of the photographer under it. I understand that you did a little bit of your own investigation, Nick Nimick. Uh, I've got a picture of you that I'm looking at right now where you are out on the street where the incident occurred and you're pointing to a dried blotch and skid markings. How long were the skid marks? It was probably 228 feet. I measured it with a tape, a 150-foot tape measure, and and then there was maybe another 30 feet where you could see that the car had run on the grass at the very edge of the road before it the body came to before the spot where the body probably laid. The, I, the, the day I went out there and I was looking at this was a couple of days after the accident and there was still a pool of blood in the grass right there and there were black flies flying around this spot on the, on the very edge of the road two foot off the pavement where my, I think my cousin probably laid and bled out. I'm trying to get my mind around what you've just said. Greg Smith, I want to, I want you to weigh in on that. James Shelnut as well. Are you telling me, Nick, that there were 228 feet of skid marks after the first sign of blood or? No, no, there was, there was from the point where I think my cousin was hit. There was. The the skid the tire skid marks began 65 feet after that point, and then the tire skid marks continued on for for till 228 feet after the impact location, and then the body was 255 feet from the impact location. How many feet of skid marks were there before you believe there was impact? Before your cousin got hit. From the point of impact where I think my cousin was hit to the first tire skid mark was 65 feet. So were there skid marks before he was hit? No. No. Okay. There were no skid marks before the impact. The skid marks began after the impact. To Greg Smith. he, He was hit at full speed. Special duty sheriff out of Johnson County, Greg What that says to me, and I'm certainly no accident reconstructionist, but that it sounds like the top cop of South Dakota, Jason Roundsburg, drove at least 200 feet with the victim, Joe Beaver, on the windshield. What I can say from what I've heard and from what I've read and from hearing what I just heard now it sounds like the brakes were not applied until after impact, mm-hmm. which would indicate that the driver um, did not see that whatever it was that they struck or uh, were distracted or something was going on to where they weren't paying attention to what was going on in front of them um, and then hit the brakes. I mean, it's automatic when we hit something. That's usually what we do. There's a reaction time. Um, that it takes for our foot to go from accelerator to brake and all that. And, and there's a lot of math that's involved in that. Um, but without, if the skid marks happen after impact, that would indicate to me that they did not see or didn't see until the very last second that something was mm-hmm. there. Um, but I just, I don't know. I mean, I have, I've only I seen agree pictures with you. of the scene. 
I agree with you. Now that I know, based on what Nick, what what he saw, I think that the skid marks didn't start until impact. But my question is what I'm getting at, James Shellnut. Let me try you on this one. And I agree with what Greg Smith is saying. How long was the victim on the windshield before he fell off into the ditch? But Roundsburg still said it was a deer. You know, that, that's hard to know. Um, and, well, and of it's, course it's, it's hard difficult. to know. That's why I've got you on the panel. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to know. Look, here's a, here's a couple of possibilities, okay? Um, and, and I don't know why, you know, the statement has been made that that's where he was hit. It's possible he was hit before these breaks occurred. But if he was hit before the brakes were, were applied, uh, then at that point, if his body traveled 200 and something feet past where the car came to a stop, that's what I'm understanding was said a second ago, then he would have rode on the windshield of that car likely for about three and a half to four and a half seconds and then been ejected off the windshield and probably flung forward. That is down in dirty math. That is without having the luxury of going back to the scene, measuring things You better out, get out uh, your uh, Texas instrument because I'm coming back to you. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Big thank you to our partner in making today's program possible is Grand Canyon University. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes we're endowed with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. Offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides you a path to help fulfill your dreams. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we're talking about a man in the prime of his life mowed down, literally mowed down on a public highway by none other than the state top cop who says he thought he hit a deer. The man lay in a ditch 21 hours. Now, I want to go back to you, Nick Nimick. I'm trying to, just like Greg Smith and just like James Sheldon, I'm trying to understand the numbers. So how far did the skid marks go before until you, that's where your cousin landed. 
Well, there was actually multiple. It's even more gruesome, Nancy. There was there was blood skid marks on the highway that ran parallel with tire skid marks. So I, by my measurements, the first blood skid mark on the on the highway uh, was probably was was 140 feet from the first tire skid mark. So the the tire skid marks were going for about 140 feet, and then there was this blood skid mark that was actually two parallel blood skid marks, but but one was six inches wide and one was uh, maybe a foot wide. But what does that mean? Was your cousin being dragged by the car? How did the blood get on the the pavement? my, my, My theory is that my cousin broke out the windshield, was in partially inside the cab of that car for a time. As the attorney general slammed on his brakes, my cousin became dislodged from the windshield, slid down the hood of that car, and fell on the highway, and was then drug underneath that car or pushed on in front of that car for, for a period of time. By my measurements, uh, over 70 feet, 74 feet. From Why the take so long mark. to come to a stop? How Next fast was he speed. going? Well, we don't know. The, the, there, the, the area where, he, where the, it happened was just feet into a 65-mile-an-hour speed limit zone. He had just exited a 45-mile-an-hour speed limit zone. I doubt uh, 2011 Ford Taurus could accelerate in the few hundred feet available from 45 to 65. So I think that attorney general was speeding. Um, another issue is that the car has to be processed on the inside. To Dr. Catherine Maloney, Deputy Chief Medical Examiner, Erie County ME in Buffalo, you just heard Nick Nimick describing the hole in the windshield on the passenger side, in the front, the front windshield. If the body, if the victim had partially been in that car, gone through the windshield, what forensic evidence would you expect to see inside the AG's red Taurus? Um, well, you would definitely expect to see blood and possibly epithelial cells. And those would definitely be on the windshield where the body went through. But if you saw them on the inside, too, that could lead you to believe that perhaps the body might have been lodged inside the car, uh, which would mean that perhaps it was removed after the fact. So it might have been stuck in there, for example. Epithelial cells, you mean skin cells? Right. So anytime you touch anything, you exchange your DNA. So anytime I touch something, I leave a little piece of myself on what I've touched. So you'll be looking for blood, hair, fiber evidence off of a shirt or epithelial cells, which are skin cells. And if those are inside the attorney general's car, what would that mean to you, Dr. Maloney? Depending on their location, it could mean that the body had traveled. It would mean that the body would have had been have to have been removed from the car as opposed to just sort of striking the windshield and bouncing off. It could mean the body was lodged in the windshield to you. Nick Nimick, do you believe the body of your cousin was actually partially inside the AG's car? 
you know, I, I can't say for certain, Nancy, but, but what I can say for certain is that at that body hit the ground in front of that car uh, 181 feet from what I think is probably the impact uh, and, and either pushed along in front of that car or underneath that car mm-hmm. for another 70, 74 feet. To Victor Nimick, the other cousin of Joe Beaver, joining us today, it's my understanding that the attorney general says he used his flashlight app on his cell phone to look for what he thought was a, a dead or injured deer. The sheriff also made a cursory inspection before focusing on returning Roundsburg back to Pierre. Why does that stick in your craw? Do Volek had been the county sheriff for many years. Do you think he should have conducted a better search? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, here, here's the thing about driving in South Dakota. It's not uncommon to hit a deer. Uh, a lot of, if you live in this state or any state in this area, everybody knows someone that has hit a deer. I've hit deer before. I've hit deer at nighttime. And the split second before you hit the deer, you go, oh, my God, that's a deer, and you hit the brakes. Uh, And I've seen many vehicles that have hit deer, and there's one thing that's common amongst all of them is there's deer hair on the car. Whether they've smashed into the windshield or not, there's always deer hair on the car. And... uh, for something to go through that windshield, if it was a deer, the edges of that windshield would have been surrounded by by deer hair everywhere, deer hair and deer flesh and deer manure. Uh, so that that's like investigative processes for beginners to be able to identify a deer hit. I mean, any anyone that's in law enforcement in South Dakota should be able to see that immediately. Take a listen to our friends Brad Mallory and Angela Konecki at Kilo Land News. Six days after a deadly crash involving South Dakota's Attorney General, the Department of Public Safety spokesman says there are no updates on the investigation. Authorities from three states are looking into the Saturday night crash near Highmore. If they determine Jason Roundsburg did anything illegal, the spokesman says the Hyde County State's attorney would be the one to file the charges. Roundsburg has made national headlines after claiming to hit a deer with his car and then discovering he killed a man the next morning. Governor Kristi Noem has said that the state can expect an extra level of transparency and accountability in this case. The spokesman says investigations like these take time and there is no word on when the public will get an update. Interesting. To Sierra Gillespie, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, has there been an update? Actually, Nancy, no, there has not been an update at all. Since we first did this story about a month ago, I did some more research, looked into things, and there's nothing. Basically, all we hear from investigators is that this is a lengthy process. We want to make sure that we're doing it correctly. We want to dot all our I's and cross our T's and make sure we're getting everything done. But what we do know is that they have enlisted outside of 
state investigators to come and help so there's no conflict of interest, so they say. So I believe it's North Dakota investigators who are helping with this investigation. Just everything shrouded in mystery is a concern for me. You just heard the government stating that there was going to be transparency, but when Beaver's cousin shows up to take a picture of the AG's wrecked car, he's told he couldn't. And then finally, after waiting over an hour, left, left. An anonymous picture was then taken that clearly shows the Attorney General Jason Ramsberg's car crashed in, the windshield crashed in, that is, on the front passenger side. Is there blood, hair, fiber, skin evidence of the victim inside the AG's car? Because if there is, there is no way in H-E-double-L, he did not know he hit a man. To Victor Nimick, called to identify his cousin's body. How is Mr. Beaver's wife at this point? Well, she's, I mean, she lost her husband. She's broken up, just trying to figure out how to get through life right now. I mean, that's, I guess that's about all we can say for her. She's just as mad as and angry as all of us about not being able to get any information. This this state has covered up scandals many times in the past, and uh, this is, for I believe, for the officials in the state, it's just another scandal that they have to cover up. And I believe right now they're just trying to wait it out. If they wait long enough before releasing evidence, then the Do they really think will... we're going to forget it? Do they really think that? Well, when it's a state that's been run by the same political party for decade upon decade upon decade, it just, I mean, that's what happens. It's the good old boy network. And, well, uh, guess what? Not everybody's do. part of the good old boy network. Yeah. We did invite the AG Roundsberger to be on with us today, but his people responded. He was not commenting due to an ongoing investigation. We wait. As justice unfolds, Nancy Gray's Crime Story signing off. Goodbye, friend. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's best hybrid mattress five years running. 
For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. <laughs> 